Welcome to Public Intellectual. Public Intellectual is a podcast supported solely by its listeners. So if you would like to become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash public intellectual. And in exchange for your money and affection, you will receive access to bonus episodes, a blog, and hopefully soon information about the return of the Daphne Awards. It's patreon.com slash public intellectual. I have rewatched the movie L a lot, and it's not immediately clear why I keep going back to it. It does, after all, open with a particularly brutal rape scene. And normally a rape scene is when I turn things off. I haven't watched Game of Thrones since the very first episode where the pretty little white girl is violated horrifically, and yet the whole scene is shot like a sex scene. Her breasts are incredibly well lit. Everything is very romantic, except for she's being raped in front of us. I decided anybody who could write and shoot a scene like that is not really worth my time or attention. Elle's rape scene, on the other hand, shows us rape, not sex, and that's rare in film. In fact, one of the few other examples of that I can think of is David Fincher's Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, which... Fincher is, of course, the other director that we are exploring in this series. In each case, the rape is allowed to be seen as horrific rather than sexual. But after I watched Elle for the first time, and I was so intrigued by the way it explored power dynamics and the way men treat women and sexual desire and violation and different ways of thinking about and exploring trauma, I wanted to know what other people think. In fact, I really just wanted to know what men thought. And men, I have to say, did not disappoint because they thought stupid, terrible things. One argument I saw again and again was that Elle was a dangerous film, said by men, because it would embolden rapists. It would make men think that women wanted to be raped, which is an amazing thing to say out loud and to write it down and to just broadcast it out into the world. So when we were thinking about doing an L episode, I wanted to talk to some other men, maybe I won't say better men, but men who are perhaps more thoughtful on this issue and get their take on the movie. So I now present you with Straight Men Explaining the Movie L to Me. All right, who who's who's up? Uh, this is the uh, Men Explain L to Me episode, so you you are our representative men. Um, here to stand in for the entire sexuality and gender, because I'm assuming that you're only standing in for straight men. Um, so all, all of them, all of them, all just all of men them, and men, male, male presenting individuals. Okay, well, I represent all those people, um, and we'll they know it. <laughs> and they, they love elected that about you. Me. Yeah. Joe represents yeah, yeah, half. Yeah. I represent half. In that, total, we encompass all of them. But my half is generally 
better and smarter. Well, this is a pleasure. <laughs> and I am honestly, the, I am one of the producers of this show. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to stand in for uh, for men today and speaking about L. Uh, but also, since I am the producer and I am on the show, mm-hmm. everybody, please rate and review Jess's podcast. <laughs> oh rate it five stars. She's a talent. We need more of her in the world, and oh it's only going to happen if we if we help promote the show. iTunes five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All right, you know, look. do whatever you want to do. I just I don't want to feel. I don't want to pressure anybody. What if my description of L is just me plugging the pod? <laughs> Be very Why funny. I'm not a feminist on bookshelves now. <laughs> Buy at your local independent bookseller, guys. We're not here to support the A word. Yeah? This is public intellectual, okay? But also it's true. And I have to say just um, that as a producer of public intellectual, mm-hmm. I uh, there are a lot of really smart, brilliant people that can't come on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy that you decided not to invite <laughs> yeah, one right. of those people and invite us. What are we us. doing here? Um, it just is like it's like okay, I got tiny heasy coats, or I can get the Forever Dog guys to so come will, and talk about one of the most complicated movies of the decade. So we will say that Joe and I, we both watched mm-hmm. last night. L. Did you mm-hmm. watch it together? We did no. not. Oh, we haven't talked about it either. Okay. So I had watched it for the first time about two months ago. Mm-hmm. I watched it two days before the holiday, Christmas, and I watched it in bed before I went to bed. And it was a horrible decision. <laughs> yeah. And then I rewatched it early yesterday and then this morning as well. Last night was the first time I watched L after a, a, an astounding amount of time because I have wanted to see, see this movie ever since it came out. Mm-hmm. It's got everything I like in it. Isabelle Huppert. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that the only thing you like? About in, the movie? In, in, the, the, whole, I, in the whole I, world. I'm so sorry. In the, in the whole world, world yeah. more or less. I, um, okay, so look. This wait, is hold a, on. You just made a bit. You you uh, mispronounced her name. It's Elisabeth Hubert. Oh, oh my God, Louise. You can't do this the whole Stop podcast. It. Sorry, that's it. That's Stop it. Stop it. That's all I wanted but, to say. So there's a couple things. Now I'm here to explain L. Mm-hmm. And see, one of the great things I just complimented Jessica before the show is, is she gets right to the point. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, sorry. <laughs> sorry for the preamble. Should have booked Tanahisi Coates. <laughs> Here's the deal, Jess. Uh huh. Number one. Mm-hmm. Is Elle a Christmas movie? I think yes. Yes, yes. Number two, Elf. Number three, Miracle on 34th Street. Number one favorite Christmas movie, Elle. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the family gather around after opening presents. And watch Elle Throw together. on Elle. Yeah. Second question. Oh. Uh, What's it about? Oh, no. The second thing is, I'll get there. Second thing is, I just want everyone to know, it needs a little bit of context because you can't escape, I can't escape the cultural moment i can't escape where i am when i'm watching a film mm-hmm. and i want you to know that while i was watching this film i must have said five hundred thousand times how the fuck did emma stone win the oscar over, <laughs> over his pair? it doesn't make a lick of sense for it, la la land for, for, for la, 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 la land which is you know a blah 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 America, it's a cute, American it's a cute film, fun obviously. movie that should never have been nominated for anything it should have been on no one's radar no one should have ever talked about it no one should have ever thought about it it's just a fun little movie for your mom and you know or it's, an airplane it's, nice. it's, it's, a, it's a great yeah. airplane i'm saying yeah. great airplane yeah. movie I've never seen La La Land. I have no it's interest in La It's a goddamn shame Land. that it's part of the national conversation or even entered into it for um, a year. But the fact that... So, L mm-hmm. succeeds because Huppert delivers one of the, like, the finest, most nuanced, special, calculated, interesting performances I've seen in a very, very long time. And kind of scary, too. I mean, her performance is a little scary. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It actually it's it's in my opinion why the film succeeds. It needs her 
to thread the whole entire thing together, in my opinion. And it's so fun. It's such an intense movie made for adults, which is so rare. Interesting, complex themes. Dutch. Interesting. <laughs> this is a fucking Dutch film. But um for adults, right. It's just so funny that like Elizabeth Stone, she like can't sing, she can't dance. Emma she has Stone? one Emma Stone, sorry. Can't sing, can't dance. One little monologue where she cries, which mm-hmm. I did, you know, back you know, my alma mater baby. Rock and roll, Tish School, the arts motherfuckers, ooh, acting class. The reason why I uh I wanted that to be the theme of the L podcast. Um, is because, okay, so Elle comes out. There are a lot of um, film podcasts by dudes. And so I listened to them after I saw Elle because I thought this will be funny. Like, what do men think about Elle? And they were horrified by Elle and they couldn't process it, right? So it just became this whole, like, Elle is bad for the world. It's bad for women. It's going to confuse men and make them rape women because they're going to think that uh, women enjoy being raped because this woman enjoyed being raped on the film and it's an abomination and should never have been made. Is that what they said? Over and over and over again. Um, And uh, it was funny. It was really funny. So uh, I thought we could do like a service to the world if um, I spoke to uh, the representatives of of men about Mm -hmm. Elle and we could have the awkward conversation and then you could go back to your people and spread the word yeah. okay. that it's not an abomination and just let let all the guys know. That's If that was a take that you heard over and over again, I'm actually over surprised. Over and over again, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, that's not what I got from the f- movie film at all. Okay. Not at all. So what I actually thought, I'm not here to pander, and I know who Jessa is, thanks listener, I'm the <laughs> fucking producer, um, but I legitimately think that L is about all the different ways men mm-hmm. in a woman's life can be horrible Mm -hmm. all the different men sort of stand in for a different version of masculinity or being a man that make me uncomfortable and upset whether it's the nerdy video game guy who likes to put her face on these disgusting hilarious disgusting video games Mm -hmm. or whether it's the like lecherous best friend's husband that despite her being raped and confessing to such can't put it away can't chill out for 15 seconds on that Mm because he has to fuck her uh, and of course, it's about the hor- the horrific dance of like se- like or the horrific interactions regarding like sexuality and violence, and how the guy only really gets the turned on and really can only come and really can only fuck her if he she's terrified and being raped. Mm-hmm. And whenever she shows flickers of um, enjoying it, it completely turns him off. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. She is such a in my in here I go. She's such a fucking uh, she's such a damaged vessel she's so fucking traumatized by her past or she's so numb to it mm-hmm. that at least that she can um she can sort of cope with all this in a very in a way that you wouldn't expect somebody to act her behavior is strange mm-hmm. whether or not it's I mean, maybe it's very 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 realistic but to one it might read strange her, like immediately the first thing we see in the movie is uh the horrible rape and then she handles it she like cleans up some dishes and like kind of goes about her day she's mm-hmm. she's obviously upset but she's she's not performatively upset and i think um, the, I think the yeah. thing she does right after is orders sushi mm-hmm. yeah and, and that then, was and, so and, funny and, and, and strange, I, she yes. was asking what the holiday roll was mm-hmm. right, right right which was so jarring yes and also ordering sushi over the phone 
so because she's not acting like a woman in need or a woman crying out or a woman that's some sort of like damsel in distress esque asking and begging for help, men think that it's still okay to take advantage of her or, or try to have, take advantage of her sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's shown through all the different ways, whether it's at work, men treating the boss who like she's not the fucking boss, or whether it's like, you know, in in, in bed or whether it's um the, the uh a mother, none of the men in her life really are understanding or uh, interested in her or or sympathetic towards her. Right. So, the, I mean, the man that she's having an affair with, uh, this husband, who she keeps telling, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fuck you anymore. And he keeps insisting. And so she keeps going along with it because, you know, that's sometimes easier. But she plays dead in bed right. with him. Like, she just doesn't move. <laughs> right. And he's just like, oh, that was so hot. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, the rape is not exactly the worst Um interaction with a man that she has uh throughout throughout the film um and also before you know who the rapist is any of these motherfuckers could have been it right like and she sort of has that awareness of scanning the men in her life and being like yeah it could have been you could have been her ex-husband could have been her son uh could have been uh yeah so yeah Yeah. it was like a murder it was like a rape mystery yeah it was like uh yeah murder on the orient express rape on the orient express yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and I, I mean, I, the thing that I was struck by when I was watching this is just her um, her insistence on having control in all aspects of her life and her refusal to change. I, um, the first time, I, I was really struck by this movie the first time I saw it, like, because uh, I, I didn't, I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I just remember our, my, our friend Gabe Lack said that Elle was the best movie of the year, hands down, so you have to watch it. And I mm-hmm. was like, now's a good time to catch up on some movies. And I watch it, and I, that first scene, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and right after that, I got I went down the Verhoeven rabbit hole and I was watching a lot of interviews of him, the press conference that he was doing in like Cannes, I think it was Cannes mm-hmm. after. Um, and he was he was talking about how in American movies, there's always this insistence on change throughout the main character. The character has to start one way and then be transformed throughout their journey and emerge um, a new person or with a new motive thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and how she just do- refuses to change throughout the entire film. I think you can make arguments about like little ways that she she might, but for the most part, she is the same person. Mm-hmm. It's a huge sort of trope in both in film and comic books and so on and so forth of women being transformed or made stronger through rape and right. trauma. So, uh, you know, a woman has her strength fucked into her uh, mm. unwillingly. Um, and so I think that there's something very radical about it's just maybe it doesn't change you. <laughs> maybe uh, your life is uh, essentially the same uh, afterwards and you're not made stronger or braver or you know more honest or whatever. Maybe you're just kind of the same asshole that you were before uh, you were raped. Yeah. And that was that's that's you've kind of that's what's so scary about that's what's so strange about her behavior and so scary about the movie and, and what like I was that what I was expecting was what you said like that's such an interesting way to put it and even the way having that the, her strength I'm sorry having her strength like fucked into her that's disgusting but like, that's exactly what happens in so many stories and movies well yeah I mean we talked about this in the um, Vivian Meyer podcast episode where um, uh the, the documentary that was made about her by the man who uh, owns uh, most of the archive 
and is profiting off of her, uh, you know, sort of uh, presents the possibility that she had been raped or sexually abused as a child as a, as a way of explaining how she became an artist, right? So it's not that she was just a fucking genius. It's that she had to experience some sort of trauma with a man in order to kind of uh, put, put her into a position where she wasn't, where she was a spinster, where she was taking care of other people's kids, and where right. she was pursuing art rather than domestic bliss or whatever the fuck. Um so I think men think that about women, that um, genius comes from trauma um, and uh, strength comes from trauma and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I, I, I remember what I was going to say. It was um, the relationship between her father and the whole serial killer business of this was just mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. And I felt like that in terms of control and change and all this stuff, that, that was like the one part of her life that she really had no control over. Like the her the her relationship with her father and this and that shadow that had been living over her for her entire life, which is why mm-hmm. I feel that when she when he died or when he when he killed himself when after he was told that she was coming to visit him, and she said oh, she had such an amazing last line. She said, "I'm uh, I killed me coming here killed you or something like that." Yeah, was, I killed you by coming. I, here. I killed you by coming here, and I was like, that was such a great period on like that portion of her life that she was not able to control. Mm-hmm. She was finally that provided like a nice period to that, just being able to like look him right in the eyes. He had like just the all the bruising and everything on his neck, and just saying that like I, you're dead because of me mm-hmm. right now. Um, and even just like that when she is. Uh, that when when he brings her down to the neighbor, the rapist brings her down to the room, the basement to show like his how he's made the floor could make the floors heat up. I don't, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. What it is. yeah. He says like nobody's going to be able to hear anything from down here. And then like he starts hitting her and raping her, and she, and she hits him back, and they they start like exchanging blows. Mm-hmm. It's very jarring, and also that was like the way that. This kind of goes back. To, I know it was it's Fincher, but um, the fact that that rape at the very beginning happened in like broad daylight in a beautiful home, um, the same thing. It reminded me almost of like that that scene in Zodiac with like where them it was daylight where they were like killed on the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just very. You just don't. Ex- it, it's it's never depicted like that in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they share Fincher and Verhoeven share the uh, ability to make a rape scene actually horrifying um, rather right. than thrilling, which it turns out uh, they're the only directors I know of who uh, seem seem to be able to do that. I don't know why everybody else has to shoot rape, like it's a sex scene or pornography or, right. you know, Game of Thrones, super sexy rape happening all of the time. Um, and they light it and they shoot it and they direct the whole thing as if it were a sex scene. There's no difference from it. Um, and yet, in something like Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that rape scene is horrifying and terrifying. Right. Right. Um, the rape scene in Elle um, is horrifying um, and scary. And I think it's just because um, a lot of men don't have control over their unconscious urges. And, uh, they, you know. I, I, I am so... I, that is crazy that that was the predominant response you heard from straight white dudes mm-hmm. from this from this movie. Well, the other thing I heard was that they hated it because it made it look like all men could be rapists. And they want... That's true. That's that's what's scary about the movie. Yeah. Well, the... the, um, 
another thing that Verhoeven said that I thought was really, really interesting was that they, he deliberately tried deliberately tried to not take a moral stance at any single moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's left to the audience, and he was very insistent on that in the interview. And it was really cool going back and watching it again the second time, like through that lens. I mean, do you guys get like a hashtag not all men defensive um, when? Uh, well, not necessarily in this specific film instance, mm-hmm. but in a in a way of like when um, you know a woman on Twitter says men are violent dickheads or whatever, um, and then there are always the men who are like, "Well, I'm sorry, you've had some bad experiences with men," and hashtag not all men and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but does but does, but does that rhetoric uh, it pisses bother me you? off? It, it it pisses me off because I'm like 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 can't can't you just <laughs> like can't you just like understand that men are the sole like oppressors like white men especially and that like can't you like just take a back seat for a second like, wh- like, i don't why, understand why every you. moment it's not, it's it's not isn't, isn't, like it's just like it, let's let's say it's 100 percent about you just you just shut up like we don't want to <laughs> hear from you it's right. unpleasant to me mm-hmm. i hate it it's actually probably my least favorite thing on the whole world uh in in the whole world, your least favorite thing is hashtag not all men. No, my favorite thing is uh, people men that respond to women on Twitter. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, I think uh, part of it is, um, you know, people don't like to have limits on their behavior. But I had a, a long talk with like a um, with a stupid ex boyfriend who used the word female as a noun. You know, like uh, he saw a female. Um, and I tried what? to explain, uh, you know, like weird. men, men do that uh, for some reason, but it's always like a, it's a red flag. Like when, if a man uses the word female as a noun rather than a adjective, uh, as, as a way of referring to women and just asking him not to use that word and to understand why people would find it problematic. Like this huge sort of wave of defensiveness, uh, comes across. It's really interesting. I don't understand that, that feeling of defensiveness from what how could that be after watching this movie mm-hmm. that really just doesn't connect with me but yeah what joe was saying like spot on like i think that that men who respond to women on twitter or any social media or in general it's about it's just it's like hey hey it's stop. unnecessary just stop Get like a, go yeah. read a fucking article on the internet or something just go for like, a just walk. Go, like what go, are you doing just do bake a cake it's such, bake such a, a silly there's behavior. a whole list of activities yeah. that we could provide you of People, things you could uh, do instead of commenting i used to yeah i mean i t- i had a very religious uh sort of upbringing in a very conservative town and they would have hand out these pamphlets of like 50 things you sh- you can do with your partner instead of having sex it would be like 50 things that you can do uh instead of um commenting on this article and it would all be the same it's like oh you can yeah. go for a walk in the park you can um you know what go watch a film mm-hmm. um you can bake some cookies mm-hmm. together so were they saying that like this movie paints men in a bad light Is yes that yeah. what, that's, yeah. the, that's i mean the, men like, paint men in a bad yeah, light right. by, like, by existing on the planet in the forms that they do people right. are, I, there's nothing are, look the, there's i there's nothing for me to say here. <laughs> and the audience knows what I'm thinking because like, we're all thinking it. Mm-hmm. It's just absurd behavior. Do you still get it all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, every, anytime I write about masculinity, which I write about masculinity a lot, um, my Twitter notifications are just these um, these dudes. And then what do you do? Because I know you. You're my friend and you're a human being. You're not like an impenetrable fortress. How do you deal with like the constant... 
Um, well, these these people muting helps. Um, sometimes I argue with them, um, and sometimes I just write back, "You seem nice," um, and uh, they don't really like that one very much. But um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I actually try to have a discussion with them because I'm kind of trying How's it go not well, but I'm trying to like figure out what the mindset is and what what they're trying to get out of this I- I- interaction. Like a conversion? Like what do they expect? Yeah, like, <laughs> like you're gonna be like, you admit that I'll <laughs> them. They go like, huh? Never thought of it that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I'm not trying to convince them. I'm just trying to understand what the fuck is that train of thought. What what is the motivation and what are the what do they think they're going to get out of this? But I never can figure it out because they're insane. We talked about this before, and I'm, mm-hmm. now I'm, I finally have a platform to pitch this yeah, idea to, to oh the audience. God. Yeah, it's because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody, the, the, at the end of the day, everybody mm-hmm. just wants to be loved. Sure, and the, everybody wants to have friends because friends love you. So what I'm saying is like, oh, but they're attacking Jessa. How can that be? No, because their little group of people or the people they are friends with or the people that they grew up with or where they live or who they like to be with or, or even if they don't, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. You want to have friends. So you believe what your friends believe. So they, you know, you know, imbue themselves with the culture of their friends and then they try to they, they, they promote that culture and stand up for it. Uh, and the whole like belligerence and the whole like questioning and the attacking you on the internet is because like that's what's important to them in their heart and their friend's heart and they want to be cool in front of their friends hmm. and they want to be loved. That's that's why are people mean? Why is Trump insane? Why why Breitbart? Why this? Why everything? Why right. liberals being in you know liberals going nonstop on the Facebook? I mean because they want to yeah. they want to be loved. I think part of it is a is a desire to be seen. And so if they think of themselves as a good person or a man who lives with integrity or whatever, um, they when they hear uh, men are bad and they think, I'm not bad, I am good, so I'm going to tell this person that I am good and then they will recognize me as such rather than um, what it does, uh, which is to point out that he, you're unconsciously a fucking prick asshole uh, who needs a lot of attention and should do like go into extensive therapy and investigate whatever it is in their inner uh, res- uh, resources that is that is causing this insane behavior. Could you imagine if after I watched Elle, I just went on Twitter and I was just like, hey, just, I watched Elle, everybody. I just want to let everybody know that's not every, that's not all men, okay? Not all men. Like, that is yeah, such an insane, like, good, never, that is I such a never, red flag, like, immediately. I would never hide in my neighbor's room <laughs> wearing all black with a ski mask and attacker. Mm-hmm. I would never break into her bedroom and ejaculate oh, onto her so bed. That was so disgusting. Yeah. That was, that movie was scary. It was a scary movie. Well, that was disgusting. Well, that's what I, um, I was. I hadn't watched a Verhoeven movie in a really, really long time when mm-hmm. I came to Elf for the first time. So when I watched it, I was kind of going in with the expectation that it would be like most movies that deal with rape. Mm-hmm. That it. So I, I had this pit in my stomach the entire movie, and I couldn't find any humor in it. I just thought it was completely 
disconcerting and scary mm-hmm. and I found myself like in bed like holding onto my pillow like where the hell is this guy like because even with yeah, him good. hiding in like the, 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 fa- the red herring of hiding in the bushes yeah. and all that shit I was just waiting like when is this go- what is the escalating series of events that are going to happen is it going to end with um, her being killed or her killing him or like what how's it going to happen um, and that's why I think, especially with this movie, it like needs a second watch because then you're able to kind of understand just what framework it's existing under, and then just realize how darkly humorous it is from start to finish. And um, even the, the, like yeah, the first time that she tells um, the her ex husband and Philip and her best friend about being raped was like right before they were about to pop champagne Mm -hmm. and in the shot is just like (laughs) champagne and like four glasses and she's like I have something to say and she says it and you find that pattern just throughout the entire thing just um, and then um, we were talking about this last week about her masturbating to the to, to the, yeah, the, the nativity scene. Yeah, the nativity scene, yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. Well, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas yeah. movie. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I went and saw it in uh, the theater uh, surrounded by men, and it was a really funny experience. There was this large group of men that came in um, and sat down to watch it, and I wasn't sure what it was going to be, um, and I didn't think it was going to be funny. I thought it was going to be kind of hard to watch and kind of a slog. And then the uh, the sushi line came on, and I laughed out loud. And then holiday rule. I felt the men near me um, tense up right. um, when I laughed out loud. Um, it was they were stone silent the entire time. They didn't think anything was funny. It was a, a sparsely attended uh, screening. And so I was literally the only one laughing because I was the only woman in the theater. And then, then these fucking dudes who um, were just so uh, tense and silent the whole time. And then as I was leaving, um, I heard them uh, discussing about how they didn't know what the movie was going to be. It's just that the movie that they were that they had planned on going to had already started. So they just went to the next film whenever it started Enchanted. Fuck. Yeah. Um, Poor guys. Wow. I feel sorry for those guys. I don't. <laughs> they, they deserve it. Can you imagine if you... Like, Similarly, mm-hmm. sometimes people... Um, well, I guess it's a little different. But um, did you see Phantom Thread? I did. I loved it. And I loved it so much. I love it. And I haven't talked about it with you, but it, I thought, and I'm sure you did too, it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And like it was like it, like it was so funny. Yeah. And um, like much funnier than L. Because L, you know, is also hor- horrific. Mm-hmm. If Phantom Thread's just like funny and silly and like beautiful, um, like his behavior is so extreme and it's just so funny. Uh, but like similarly, we were really laughing. But some people, you know, they 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 expect it to be a serious movie because it's shot very beautifully and mm-hmm. it, you know it's serious in the sense that it's a beautifully made film with great acting. But sometimes people can't. Uh, they don't. Humor's humor has to be presented as humor for a lot of times. Well, I think it was also my presence made them very uncomfortable, and they were afraid to laugh out loud. Right. Well, even just the idea all, of... that makes well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if L. Even if they're all just sitting there alone, like right. I don't know if they're going to be laughing. There out was loud. A, there I was, was a lot. I know of, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know there was there was a bunch of stuff that I was reading after watching it the second time, where they were talking about you know why is it that we can have dark comedies about murder and but as soon, but you can't have a dark comedy 
about a rape. Mm-hmm. And I thought that because was... Because rape's horrible because at the end, of, the person's alive. No, no, no. And murder, I, I that person gets to be I dead. understand. So they don't what? have to fucking walk around. With, I'm, just, I'm answering. I'm thinking about your question. Yeah, it's just like when people are like, you can't have humor in a story like this. Like, um, And then... Uh, well, I, I think you really... I think you, me... We can't, but like no, if you're right, a genius, right, right. you can, and if you're an incredible <laughs> right. actor like Hubert, like then you can because they they thread the needle, like they like lived on the edge, right. and they succeeded because they're geniuses. I know. But. I mean, well, you know, all, all these sort of like super macho uh, douchebag male comedians who are like, why can't we tell you know jokes about rape can be funny? It's like you're not capable of being funny about rape because you are a misogynist asshole, right, and, right, it, right, and it's right. clear just from. Right. You saying and complaining about how you're not allowed to make jokes about rape, uh, that you are, you know, um, like a su- subhuman. That right, you, you got to have all the right ingredients in first before you're you able to. You have to have your shit together, right? right? I, 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 it was, we had an interview in here with uh, Janine Garofalo on one of our other podcasts, and she was talking about how, like, um, like, dumb humor by dumb people isn't funny. Right. But dumb humor by really smart people right. is That's a great point. fascinating yeah. and hilarious. So with that same logic that like you have to be a fucking human being and have, you know, just have to not be a fucking asshole and be smart and em- have empathy for people. It, it's it, Right. I mean, I think that a lot of men think that they do not um, hate women and they do. And right. I, but I think that they consciously think I like women, I respect women, and then when they get around women, um, you get situations where consent becomes uh, blurred and tricky. You have situations where people are performing sexual assault without even being conscious of that, that that's what this is. And so, you know, we have all these sort of leftist liberal men who write about feminism and, and so on and so forth, who have been recently sort of dragged out into the light as rapists and sexual assaulters. And I think that they might not know always, and they might actually consciously think, I like and respect women and I understand the feminist project and so on and so forth. But because they haven't done the unconscious work um, and really dealt with the misogyny there, um, then it's all just it's all just surface, It's not it's not real. So I don't think you can make a movie like Elle. I don't think you can even watch a movie like Elle and, right. and understand what it's doing if you don't have that shit together. I think that scares people, though, when people make stuff that people that they like, perhaps get that they're afraid other people won't get. Yeah, people people hate that, and um, nothing more than to say than that. Okay. Just th- that 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 happens all the time. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I love that, but like, is, should we make that movie? Because like, I'm afraid someone's gonna like misinterpret that. I hear that a lot. Sure. I hear yeah. that a lot. Like, uh, this isn't exactly one-to-one, but you know Wolf of Wall Street? Mm-hmm. A movie that I believe shows, like, the ills of that sort of lifestyle, mm-hmm. though, you know, in a very stylized way. But, you know, people are afraid that, oh, that cha- oh they get upset at Wolf of Wall Street. That was championing, championing that lifestyle. It's like, well, sure, if you fall for all the affects of that life, perhaps, but, like, I don't think that we should not have made Wolf of Wall Street because dumb assholes are going to think that it's cool. People don't like movies that that uh, aren't very obviously well within the moral system they they ascribe to, or it has to the the, the characters have to behave the way the good ones behave mm-hmm. the way that they think that their their set of morals and beliefs are shown through that person very you know admirably, and that the bad guys are very obvious 
you know, things that they don't like. And unless we have that, then we enter the territory of I'm uncomfortable watching this movie. I don't think we should have this movie be made because someone's going to see it and think that Elle is a movie about how women like to be raped. And that's not what Elle is about. No, I think that that's getting worse. Like that, the need for art to be some sort of moral it, it arbiter, is. because you know, I read terrible reviews of Three Billboards, um, yeah. which um, you know, uh, I have mixed feelings about that film, and, and certainly it's a flawed film. Although I think I personally think it's very good. Um, but reading reviews of it is like, why didn't why didn't the director take a moral stand? It's like, fuck you. That's not his job. His right. job is not to take a right. moral stand. Uh, he's an that's, artist. That's he's a director. Job, right. Audience. You, and because you are good, you know that Sam Rockwell's character is a bad guy. Right. <laughs> and because you're sitting there with your fucking brain and your fucking past and all in your head <laughs> and your beliefs... In like the equality of humanity and all that inside of you, you, the viewer, can then deduce who bad guy, who good guy. <laughs> I, I had. But so, they, people don't want. They don't. They 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 don't care that Sam Rockwell's. They're upset that Sam Rockwell's character has a shred of humanity because someone might misinterpret it as therefore th- racism therefore is valid. Is good. Yeah, like, that is, is just. Fine. That is absolutely. That is bananas. That made me like really. That ups- is bananas. Because yeah. and if you have friends who can't know that Sam Rockwell's character is the bad guy, <laughs> then this shouldn't be your fucking friend. <laughs> Then delete them from your Facebook wall. I know. Or don't talk to them about movies anymore. I know, because... That's just insane. If you don't like Three Billboards because you think that... It just... You didn't like the pacing. You didn't like the style. You didn't like the tone. It wasn't funny to you because it wasn't funny to you. Okay. But if you don't like Three Billboards because Sam Rockwell's character was a bad guy with a shred of humanity, like, I just can't, like... That's that's impossible. I can't Martin McDonough should, not Then you suppo- should watch Crash. You should watch the movie. Then you Crash. should watch Crash. You should yeah. watch things where it's just black and white. But if you want to watch, we crash into each other just so we can. Bad. Feel guess something. what? In oh really good God. movies, in really good movies written by playwrights that are smart and stuff like that, bad guys also have humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like well, that's we, actually what makes all the good bad guys. I, so in a Marvel movie, when fucking Michael Keaton's character has a shred of humanity, all of a sudden it's like, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever. Like the bad guy, <laughs> the bad guy also has a daughter and he loves her. Oh my God. But in a real movie for adults, when bad guys have humanity, that means racism is good. Mark Donna championing, championing. But we don't have racism. We don't have movies for adults anymore. We, we, we literally ju- have... Um, people giving uh, uh, 99% approval of Black Panther, 99% approval of Lady Bird, which I think is a fucking nonsense film. Imagine um, if she died just right when she <laughs> jumped out of the car. Did you see Lady Bird? The end of the movie. Yeah, I saw Lady Bird. I like Lady Bird. It's fine. It's it was fine. But yeah, exactly. But like, it's like, it's every it coming of every age Marvel movie, movie ever made. Yeah, I, I also hate, I mean, I'll see every Marvel movie. I'm not a fucking saint. Yeah. Black Panther? Sign me the fuck up. But it is nuts <laughs> that literally all of them get like 95% of yeah. It doesn't make a lick of sense. That's and bananas. almost always terribly made. Well, that's how I always know like what's a good movie nowadays. If it gets like low 80s, high 70s, I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because right, they right. made a choice. Because someone, you know someone's mean? confused about like the No, moral. but going back to the three billboards thing for a second, I was even reading this uh, post by this, because I was fascinated by the backlash yeah. from this, because I left the theater and I was like, what a movie. Because I was talking about it, and it had interesting things to discuss with the people that you were watching it, and it was like seeing a Martin McDonough play, and of course it was flawed, because great movies are flawed, mm-hmm. and 
Um, and, and everything and you, can't be you like you don't have to like everything you, don't have, you watch hundred percent. Right. And like yeah. it, 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 that's what makes it so interesting to discuss. Mm. And that somebody was trying to like take a stance on the three billboards backlash and was doing it in the form of just like asking questions like should we be having character like should we be making movies where all the characters are moral probably not but maybe oh <laughs> like, my god like and th- i was like this is a very dangerous dangerous path to go down if we need our characters to just be it's, morally it's, that's pure so stupid it's and, so nuts and I, and I, I and i thought in that movie that like yeah, a Sam Rockwell. I didn't leave going like, man, I really love that guy. Aspire to be Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, that horrible guy man. who lives with his mom goes at the end to commit a murder. His face, Martin McDonough literally lights his whole entire body on fire. <laughs> like, I don't see the part where McDonough like is in love with Sam Rockwell's horrible character. Is it because he's? Are you confused because th- he's funny? Because he's a dumb no, guy? I, I literally. I think. I think. If I remember correctly, the the reason why people were real were upset with that movie is because they're. They were alluding that Sam Rockwell's character had tortured a black guy, and there was never a moment where he confronted that or, like, or confronted the person who Mm -hmm. he had tortured and, like, made amends or something like that. Like, I believe that was what people That would be more offensive. That would be a more offensive film. That'd be the end of Lincoln when the black guy's clapping for the president walking down the end of the aisle. Oh, fuck Spielberg. You know, that's that's bananas. Now, look, if you have a problem with Three Billboards is representation, and representation is your M.O., and that's your fucking rock and roll, because somebody's got to do it. That's, you know, we all have different parts to play in this. And if your thing is representation, like, mm. God bless you, if that's, like, your thing. Yeah. But but if it, but about the Sam Rockwell thing, I'm, I, I'm just not, I'm just, it's just not for me, Jessa. That <laughs> argument's just not for me. That's all. Yeah. If Black Panther came out and had a 70% of Rotten Tomatoes, I'd oh. be like, buckle up, this is no, going no, to nothing be. Nothing can stop me from being excited <laughs> about that. That movie looks fucking awesome. I know. Oh, man. Did you see I, an ad for that? They got fucking space guys. I, I I'm fucking re- ready. I, I absolutely do not care about any superhero anything. We're going yeah, all was three of us. Was there ever, We're going to go to the Alamo. Was there ever a superhero no. movie that you that you really like? Let me guess. Oh, recently. Uh, recently. And not like the 19... Not like when I was an eight-year-old, which is when you're supposed to watch movies with superheroes. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that. Um, not that I can think of. Did you like The Dark Knight? No, uh, no, it's not it's even the Joker's performance. Fascism. Um, I, that, fascism. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> I love that about it until now. Right, but, like it used to be funny and cool. It's like, surve- it's <laughs> like we had like a three hundred state is, is we had good. Three hundred million dollar like police movie. Yeah, it's very. It's about very, like how cool cops are. Yeah, I, like, I cops love are that. Good. I love that about that. Um, uh, the NSA is good. Cops are good. The NSA is good. Cops is good. Um, yeah, oh, it sounds like Jess is being a little moralistic about her <laughs> film intake. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find like a, a, a tasteful way to get back to to L, but I can't find it. That was uh, great. L L people were confused about bad guys and good guys. Um, one one of the things I liked about L, this has nothing to do with anything we, that we were just talking about, but um, uh, is all of the time and energy that she spent managing the men around her, um, in the way of like saying the flattering thing or performing the uh, sexual act or whatever that was being requested of her and in a way of like ego boosting and so on and so forth. Um, But she always gave them like a pause and a look of like, you know, you can just sort of not ask me to do this and sort of find some sort of self-respect. 
and they never and they never took it and so she would just say the thing or do the thing um and i thought that was amazing of just this kind of knowing look of like um we know that this is cheap um but i'm going to do it because you apparently need it and if i don't you know you might hit me in the face or something like that um so right, from yeah. that from the rape to the sex with philip to like even the apartment when she's paying at the very beginning paying for every the oh my god when she goes to her mom's place yeah. and she owns that apartment after yeah. she dies and that guy comes in and says that you know, like, I'm glad I fucked her before she died or something like that. That guy, Rolf, his name is Rolf. Rolf, Rolf. <laughs> and, then, and then she just looks at him and then just, like, walks away. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's, like, hobbling like, with a cane. <laughs> oh, no. like, it's the, it's, it is, like... Such a brutal... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, the relationship with the dad, um, in the sense of, like, if you have a kind of overbearing dad... Um, you learn very quickly how to manage men, how to manage sort of masculinity of the thing to say or do to diffuse sense of entitlement or anger or whatever. Um, and then she has to do that with the rest of her life with with every man around her. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's something that girls learn from their fathers of like um, when they're being overbearing or angry or violent or whatever like you learn very quickly how, how to manage it with words or deeds that will diffuse the situation um, but I just love the look that she gave every time of disappointment she's amazing <laughs> she's, she's yeah. so fucking good yeah. not as good as Emma Stone but she's <laughs> well, not as expressive yeah, yeah. Um, um, what is that, that, that. Uh, the, the, the strain of thought where people are like the reason why she lost was because she didn't show any emotion. And to win an Oscar, you have to, like, emote and be... You have to cry <laughs> have to prettily. Cry. She did not cry. She did not <laughs> smile. Um, yeah, that's horrible. I, You know that, like, the men fret fragility thing is mm-hmm. so true. Um, me too. You too? Oh, my God. I notice it in myself all the time. I'm a, like... I, I, like and then I have to be like, am I just, like, tired and, like, I'm a human being? Or am I just, like... Am I, like, being, like, extremely... Uh, like like glass boy walking around because like right now is like kind of like a high stress time like me and my girlfriend are moving and all that mm-hmm. and just like this weekend I was like being very like I was like sh- sh- you know in my head I'm like wait is, okay, is Sarah being upset like like how much is her upset is valid and how much upset is uh, how much of my upset is valid and my upset was seemingly less valid and then like and then I felt myself doing the things where I was like oh my god I like can make like it's not exactly like this but like you know like i can make fun of her but she can't make fun of me kind of stuff mm-hmm. like like i felt like i felt like that like it was it was it was horrible all that stuff's real it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person as a man like i, I that those horrible fragile feelings are just, like are they're like they're legit and it's kind of scary to, that's why another reason it's scary to watch the movie it's just like you can be horrible in a, mi- in a million ways. Oh, yeah. No, you know, the you don't, have, you don't have to be the most violent, horrible versions of obvious badness. Uh, you don't have to perform a crime. Yeah, it's just um, like, I, the other reason. I, I, the, uh, the thing that uh, the, the whole, her relationship with her son is absolutely hilarious and fascinating and sad and depressing. That guy was and like, just even the fact that there's not one moment I don't think even until the variant where he looks at the kid and it, is it maybe at the end where he 
concedes that it might not be his. Yeah. He, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, I, again, the the shot when in he, the like, nursery. Kidnaps the baby. Yeah, that's when like he the finally sh- concedes, right? Right. Yeah. But even the shot in the nursery, where again, like the look, where they hold the baby up to the window, and he looks at the baby, and there's like a blankness on his face, and she looks at him, and then like looks at her ex husband, and and like my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is the is the spreading of the ashes at the and and him. And her yelling like, "It's not your son. It's just it. It can't be your son. <laughs> yeah. It's and, somebody else's." Yeah. And, and then like, he calls what? her a cunt, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like three times. Ugh. Yeah. While while in front he, of other people, which is like maybe like which shouldn't have made it worse for me, but like it made it like extra worse. I was like, "Oh no, how embarrassing!" Yeah. On top of all that, and then yeah. she's just like, "Yeah, this is a fine place to do it. We had like a picnic once. <laughs> <laughs> or, like they didn't even get over to the picnic part. They just like threw it over to the bridge." But, um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. The disappointing son. Um, not only the disappointing son, but the disappointing um, ex-husband who starts <gasps> dating a yoga teacher. Um, you know, half of his age because she read his novels and you know flattered uh, him. And, and but that great line of like, you know, um, I was never worried about the girl with the big tits. I was worried about the girl who read Simone de Beauvoir, right, who's exactly. going to eat you alive. Um, yeah, the she's surrounded by these really disappointing men and yet she has to spend a lot of her time um because you know her company is almost exclusively male employees and she has all you know a son and an ex-husband and so on um and she wants to have sex so you have to deal with men if you want to have sex um and uh they're all just fucking um they're just really vastly inferior to uh her (laughs) oh but the um but then her relationship with her best friend as well and, yeah. and they hint to that like one time where they had like slept together at that at that place. Yeah. Yeah. And she- but before before we tack from that, just about the men in her life and about the ex husband. Mm-hmm. That that character that was great. I don't know. That was something to think about because he was like the sensitive, fragile male writer yeah who of like we're like well wonder what happened and of course like he has just as the same capacity for violence as any of the other horrible men quote unquote film in, yeah. the, in the film yeah and um that is just uh you know ain't that the ain't that the truth l it's just yeah. like sad and like i was like right of course of course he of course that's what happened yeah it's, it's, yeah because yeah the marriage is over because he hit her right yeah Ugh. Ugh. um yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a lot. The movie is a lot. That's what I said like fifteen <laughs> times after me and my girlfriend watched it. We just walked around the house. And we were both like, "That was a that was a lot." <laughs> we were just like, we were like, we were just like, "What'd you think?" She's like, "It was great." I was just like, it was, it was so it was so much." I, was like, I know, it was it was so like, much. A ton. And it's very it's emotional to talk about it. it it's we like, didn't even it talk ta- about it. it, it we like, it was like we look at each other. Like, you get it? Like yeah, it's hard. yeah. It's so you just you're talking about it, and it just requires a lot because it's so. Heavy it's like we're not we're, we're not gonna do this. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I was yeah, like, was, I was like was, it's eleven. Like you get it, I get it. Like it was horrible. It was so disturbing <laughs> and sad and weird and funny and great. And we're just gonna go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we did, and we were just like, "That's that," and that's hell. That's that. I'm glad we didn't go to the movie theater because then we'd have to like not talk like outside the theater on the subway. And by the time we get home, we'd be like, "Should we get Chinese food?" <laughs> also, like, how about hell? <laughs> um, what do you ever? What movies did you see? Can you think of any where you walked out and you were like, 
fuck me. I got to be quiet for a while. Uh, basically, every movie that, uh, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I apologize, but she's a French director, uh, Catherine Bray- Sophia Breyat. Sophia Coppola? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um, that bling ring. Uh, I'm sorry, say her name again. Uh, sorry, Catherine Brayot. I have no fucking idea, but she did uh, Fat Girl, and oh, she yeah. did um, uh, Sex is Comedy, and also uh, Isabel Huppert film uh, Abuse of Weakness, which I literally fainted during. <gasps> Wait, what? Um, I was watching. Why? Was it just because it was so good and it, it was like yeah, just hitting so, all like the my, right notes? My, my brain just was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Stop, stop, stop oh, having this that. input. And I was just like, I was like, felt really hot and prickly. I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> and, then, and then, and so I like got into a position where I wouldn't fall, you know, forward or anything. It'd be weird that nobody would notice that I had fainted. And then I just sort of came to, and I was like, all right, okay, I'm just going to keep going. That is badass. <laughs> I, Whoa, could you movie, imagine loving like, a movie I so gotta, much gotta, and you're just like... <laughs> it's me a Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? I'm going to faint. I'm gonna fail. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's even better. I haven't though. seen any of her movies. I have to, wow. there have to check these out. There are a lot. A lot. They are a lot. When did? When was she making movies? Does she still make movies? Yeah, or? abusive uh, uh, of weakness was only a couple of years ago. Oh, cool. Um, but Fat Girl was one of those movies that completely ruined my life in a um, in a pretty good way. I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was oh no! <laughs> first thing I was like, oh fuck! All right, cool, cool, cool. Good, good, yeah. good, good. Wow. Yeah. Anything else about? I mean, what, I mean, like, I feel like. Yeah, what's crazy is we've been talking about L for a while, and I feel like we haven't even started. No, it's um, so sound off in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> please, please let us know that not all men are rapists. Um, no, Duh. I mean, you know, <laughs> Jesus. I think that movie has a really optimistic ending, which is um, uh, political lesbianism, is what I assume. Fuck yeah! How that ends of just like these two women. Uh, who have tried to have sex before but thought it was too funny um, kind of just choose to uh, fuck all men and just live together uh, one of them leaves her husband uh, it doesn't look it's going to work out between uh, Isabel and um, uh, her rapist who's now dead um, and so they just decide well yeah might as well just move in together right I think that's and good I think it's the future yeah so what are you going to what are you uh, like how do you feel about the fact that, like, in your lifetime, like, there's always going to be men, no, um, matter, no matter your, no matter how hard you, you work at it? Right. No, I mean, it, it is my great uh, shame and disappointment that in my life I am heterosexual. Um, it is a constant uh, nightmare to me. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, wow, geez, uh, Louise, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> um, my five star hell. rating. Five star rating <laughs> is my subconscious. Um, I I know we uh, we don't usually do this at the end of episodes, but um, thank you. This is um this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you very much for asking us on the show. Sure, for real, of course. that was legitimately nice Listeners, I, I hope I, I hope, hope we. Yeah, I hope sorry, we we're not. Here. You know, we're sorry. not like the usual. Fan. I didn't publish anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Okay. You can check out all our podcasts. No, yeah, check out our podcast, Forever Dog Podcast. Oh my god! But that was nice of you. I feel, I feel special. Forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.